0: Amen, thank y'all so much. My God will never fail. Amen. What a great promise and truth that we hold dear, hold the very heart of who we are, and knowing that our God will not fail us. Not only through salvation, but how many knows that God cares about every part of your journey? Amen. Amen. God cares about every part of our journey. He didn't just want to save us. He wanted to be our God through every step we took, every decision we make, every path we trod. Amen. And I'm grateful for that today, that I have a God who didn't just save me and leave me to the wolves. Amen. But God is with me. Like that old song said, Jesus is with me when the storm clouds gather. He's standing by my side when I hear the thunder roll. He holds my hand when I begin to tremble, when the winds of this world are blowing strong. Amen. I want to preach for a few moments on this storm. If you'll stand with me all over the church and turn to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. Christmas season is uh, so often uh, a time when we dive deep into the Word of God, and look into the Virgin Birth of Christ, and look into the blessing of His birth. Today, I want to share with you from a thought that God placed within my spirit. I'm just, uh, I'm just simple. I'm just going to put it that way. Just simple. But how many know today that this was the greatest miracle of all time? This season, we celebrate was a season of a miracle of the virgin birth. Somebody say that with me. It was a virgin birth. It was God come in the flesh. And he came in the flesh for you and me. He came in the flesh for all humanity. I believe in this generation we're living in, we need to quit preaching a prosperity gospel and start preaching the message of Jesus Christ and the hope of salvation. Amen. People are dying and going to hell, trying to get rich on earth when they have yet begun to experience the richness of heaven through Jesus Christ. He did not come for us to become millionaires. Come on, somebody. But he came. Now, he wants to bless you. Don't get me wrong. He wants you to be blessed. But he didn't come so we'd be a millionaire. He came so we could be saved. In Matthew chapter 2, the Bible says in verse 1, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who is born king of the Jews? Listen to this carefully. I want to read it twice so we, I want it to get in your spirit. For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, Of Judea In the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. One more time. Can we read it again? Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men came from the east, came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born King of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. I want to preach from this thought today, God's hand of provision upon the hearts of conviction. Oh, God, would you add your blessing to the reading of your word today? Take this vessel, God, and hide it behind the cross of Calvary. Lord, that the words that would be preached from these lips would be of the Holy Ghost into the hearts of every man, woman, boy, and girl that may be here and watching through social media. God, today that we'd realize, uh, Father, what's most important in this life that we live. And God, that you'd be glorified through it all. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. Jesus did not come so we could become millionaires. I'm telling you today that there's been so much preached behind the pulpits and in the corners of society that has been a rebellion against the gospel of Jesus Christ. And many oftentimes are too educated to really understand that. Uh, they do everything they can to try to attract man and woman through a prosperity message. Uh, when you can have all that you want to have in this world, but if you don't have Jesus, you're a poor man. Uh, you're a poor woman uh, if you don't know Christ as Savior today he did not come for us to become rich and enjoy the pleasures of life but he came today that we would be set free from the bounds of sin and the bondages of sin today and this is the message that should elevate above all messages is that Jesus Christ is the answer today for all circumstances of brokenness in life you can have all the money in the world and if you're not saved it will profit you nothing. You can have all the possessions in the world that you desire to have but if you don't know Jesus it profits you nothing. You can go to church for all your life but if you don't come like wise men seeking Jesus you're coming a man without merit and without my goodness help me Holy Ghost. Oh, I read this thing and I begin to get in my spirit. We need to seek Jesus again. Amen. We need to quit seeking the realms of religious status quo, amen, and the elevations of a prosperity type mission. We need to preach Jesus for my Bible says if we'll seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness all these things shall be added unto us. If we're where we need to be with God, don't you think God's going to take care of the rest, amen. Amen. God will take care of the rest. We begin to open up this chapter today and begin to see that they are the Bible declares of the wise men that came on their journey from the east traveling as they began to hear the prophetic word come into pass. They look up into heaven and they see the star in the east and they begin to follow this star. What are they looking for? They're looking for the manifestation of the prophecy that Isaiah spoke of in Isaiah chapter 7. And verse 14, amen, the Bible began to declare in the Scriptures through Isaiah, the prophet today, that there would be, amen, a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. They were making a journey based upon the prophetic of Isaiah, looking for that king who was going to be born. They had come with gifts of gold, frankincense, incense and myrrh. And as they passed through, they begin to ask and inquire of where this baby was. He said, for we have seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. I want to know how many are truly coming. Amen. Seeking God. Not only in the church, but in your everyday life. Are we truly waking up making our journey? Amen. Seeking the Lord and seeking his will. Are we seeking the elements of the world today are we seeking to find refuge in friendships and in the the things of this world, in money, amen, and in alliances. I'm telling you, somebody today, we need to seek first the kingdom of God, and if you're going to do that, you're going to have to go through the door. Jesus Christ today, he is the door, and thereby no other way that man can get to the Father except through Jesus. I'm telling you, when you begin to read this scripture, if it don't stir your heart and if it don't begin to bring conviction to your spirit, amen to God, I don't know what will. There is not a greater message that I'll always say that could ever be preached than the message of the birth of Christ, the death of Christ, the burial of Christ, the the resurrection of Christ and the fact that he's coming again and I, mm-hmm touch somebody and tell them amen I believe amen that he's coming again I don't know about you but I'm making sure I've got my reservations for that mansion in the sky I didn't come amen to play church I come to find the one who was able to set me free amen and to make this journey with me I didn't come amen to look religious I didn't come to look spiritual I don't care what I Look like. All I know is I need Jesus. And I'll travel wherever I got to travel. I'll go through whatever I got to go through. I'll go up every hill. I'll climb through every valley. I'll go through whatever I got to go through because God said he shall save his people from their sin today. Glory to God. Many today rejecting this very thought because Christ to them is not good news. Christ to them is the enemy of all they stand for. As they began to question, as they made their journey, they came and they said, Where is this? baby that is born king of the Jews. For we've seen his star in the east and Herod the king. I don't know why he didn't know about it already. Oh, but there he was just doing Herod's thing. He wasn't paying attention to prophecy. He had other things in mind. He wasn't looking for the king He was looking for Herod and Herod's desires and Herod's thoughts and Herod's wishes. But the Bible said that Herod, when he heard that the king had been born, that he was troubled. I'm telling you today, it troubles some folk to hear the message of Jesus Christ. Come on now. Some people are getting... Nervous when you start preaching Jesus. They'd rather hear a prosperity gospel. Tell me how the Lord will bless me. Tell me how the Lord will put money in my mailbox. Tell me how I can enjoy the blessings of God. But don't tell me how to get saved from my sin. Don't tell me that all I need is Jesus. Don't tell me, amen, to God that I've got to change my life if I let Jesus come into my life because I'm, I'm, I'm really satisfied where I'm at. I'm satisfied having, having the opportunity to go out and, and, and drink every Friday night and enjoy the party with the boys every Friday night. I'm satisfied with being able to go out with the deacons on Saturday, amen. And, come on, somebody. Oh the saint oh help me preacher I'm satisfied, amen, to be able to go out and and to do some things that I want to do and and to have some things that I want to have and to enjoy some things that I want to enjoy. And and I'm not trying to get liberal on you today. I'm just trying to tell you that people today that don't want you to preach, amen, to God about surrender to God because when you do that, you have to surrender it all. And those Friday night parties will get thrown out the window, amen. Come on now somebody Oh, preacher, don't preach like this. You're offending me. He didn't come to offend you. He said, blessed are those who are not offended in me. I'd rather preach and you be offended now than stand in heaven and walk by me as you are turned away from the gates of heaven and say, preacher, why didn't you tell me that I had to turn my life over to God and that it was going to take this? Church, let me tell somebody today. God didn't send Jesus into the world so we could have some pretty ministry on the hillside somewhere. He sent us into the world. He sent Christ into the world so that we could be an offense to that which is against the will of God. Amen. He came as a baby, but that was not his only destination. He was destined to be the sacrifice for the sins of the world. Man, when I got saved, I'll never forget. I I surrendered Lord. I did not want to go. He bad into the life of sin. I still don't today. There are times when, when we've all failed, but it's not my heart to do those things. Jesus didn't come to make me feel good about my sin. He came to save me from it. Why did he come to do this? Because he loves us. God loves us. And many don't want to hear this because it messes up their apple cart. Well, preacher, you mean we got to do like they do. We got to wear long dresses and we got to wear this and we got to wear that. If it falls in your conviction category, you do it, but don't judge everybody else for it. But what you do have to do is surrender your life to God and live a life of holiness. And that holiness does not come by what you're wearing. It comes by what's happening in your heart because you can dress up like a Quaker from North Pennsylvania and look like you're holy and still be full of brokenness. Come on, somebody. The Bible said that wise men sought him and Herod was troubled by him because he, when he comes, comes to change the heart. And when the heart is changed, then you will begin to see the reflection of what God has done within a life. Herod didn't want this because Christ... They were believing was coming to take his place as king. And some people don't want to give up the reins of their own life to Jesus. You ought to have a relationship with him in such a way that he can speak to your heart and you stop in your tracks. Come on, somebody. You ought to have such a prayer life and a relationship with Christ that he can speak to your mind and you stop in your tracks and say, yes, Lord. You ought to have such a relationship with Christ that we're not offended by the elements of his ministry to our lives. Oh, God has come in the form of flesh to be the propitiation for our sins Amen. The miraculous birth was more than just a miraculous birth. It was a miraculous revelation of the gospel that was able to deliver all who would call upon the name of the Lord. And many, amen, would seek him as wise men will today. And yet there are many who listen to preacher after preacher, to testimony after testimony, and and to uh, teacher after teacher, and still reject the word of God because they want to make some kind of Form of religion to make them feel good about themselves, all the while missing the fact that if you don't know Christ as Savior, you are broke and you are poor and you are lost and undone without God. Preacher, why are you preaching so hard today? Because we want the anointing, but we don't want to surrender. We want to be filled with the Holy Ghost, but we don't want to surrender. We want to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, but we don't want to pay the price. We say we want God, but we treat him as if he's a second thought many times in our own spiritual lives that we really don't have the right relationship. We just have a relationship. Many today have a relationship of knowing Christ in mind only, but their hearts have become far from him. It means paying a price. Preacher, we we, we don't like what you're saying today. Let me go ahead and tell you that those that went to the upper room, they went to the upper... A room sold out with a passion that I don't care how long it takes me, I'm going to get this promise that Jesus said was coming, and I'm not leaving till I get it. I don't care how long it takes me to pray, I'm going to pray till I pray through. I don't care how long it takes me to get a hold of Jesus. I'm going to get a hold of him if it takes me all night. I don't know about you, but I'm telling you, we have lost, we have lost our fervency and our passion. And we have not become like the wise men who are willing to push everything aside to put Jesus first in our life. And we're depending on everybody else to do what God is calling us to do individually in our life. The preacher can't do it. The teachers can't do it. But my God, somebody, I said, my goodness, somebody, He amen, look at our lives and say, what price am I willing to pay? We got to quit looking up. and saying oh there he is and then going back to business as usual we've got to get to a place to where we say I can see in the spirit and I'm not going to stop until I'm walking right smack dab in the middle of the manifestation of what God is calling me to come on we're Pentecost spirit filled Holy Ghost filled sanctified If we'll catch on fire, the lost will come just to watch it burn. Woo! If we'll preach the gospel, some may get mad. You're going to have three kinds of people here, the glad, the sad, and the mad today. I'm glad he's preaching it. Y'all should have got another preacher. I don't like that one. He's too loose lip. No, I ain't. God didn't call me to waste my time preaching behind a pulpit to people, something just to make them feel good. Altars ought to be full of people. Passionately. Not just this altar. Altar at your home. My goodness, go home. I hope some of you go home And make you an altar. Get you a vision. Catch the vision and make you an altar. And say like the wise men, I'm going to push aside some things in my life. Even to a place of fasting and prayer. Which is most often important in our life to a degree that it helps us to empty ourselves of us. So that he can come in and fill us with that fresh anointing and discernment oh goodness somebody oh that God can empty us of ourselves oh no preacher I don't have time to fast I don't have time to pray. I don't have time. See, you don't understand. I got this responsibility and I got that responsibility. If those responsibilities are keeping you from seeking, like the wise men did, the heart of God and a relationship with Christ in your life, then you need to try to figure out how to move some of them things and put God where he belongs. I'm not going to be a dried-up, dead cistern With holes in it. Come on, somebody. I ain't going to do it. Because he sent Jesus into the world. And I don't have to be dry. I don't have to be boring. And I don't have to compromise. I can be what he's called me to be. And I can let it reflect who he has sent his son in the world to proclaim and to project and to manifest. And I'm telling you, there's some folks out there that don't want to hear this message from me or you or anybody else. But the only thing they're doing is hurting themselves. Because I promise you this, there ain't no high like the most high. Come on now, somebody. All the the liquor in the world can't take the place of being in the presence of God. All the weed in the world. All the hemp in the world. Come on now, somebody. All the crack cocaine. All the things out there that people do to try to get high. I want to challenge you to come seek like the wise men Jesus did. He'll set you free and he'll bring you to a place where you can experience There's no high like the most high. There have been many times, amen to God, that my body and my soul was wrecked in pain. But I found that God, moving through his son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit in my life was better than anything this world could offer me. I come to tell somebody today there is nothing that can replace what Jesus was sent to do. In your life, quit fighting it like Harry did. Quit trying to push it away like Harry did. He's not a threat to you. He's the only lifeline that you'll ever know in the most in this life. Whoa! I feel like running. He's not a threat. He's not a threat to. I'm telling you there ain't nothing that I enjoyed that I wasn't willing to give up to have the greatest hope of life living in me, the lifeline. He wasn't a threat to me. He's not a threat to you. Well, preacher, why would I serve a God that don't want to let me prosper? He wants you to prosper even as your soul prospers. All the money and the prosperity in the world won't get you into heaven. Preacher, you're telling me I I don't need to be rich. No, I think people live just like Herod did. I think they live in the power of their possessions and not the grace of God. Amen. Amen. I know people that will buy their way. Buy their way into the church, will buy their way onto the board, but not here, not here, but will buy their way into leadership position. And people who are afraid to tell the truth because they're scared to lose the money. If you don't give, don't you? Hey, my God told Peter to go fishing one day. And you know what he caught, brother? caught a fish and he pulled out out the coin out of the fish. He said, now go pay the taxes. Don't you think your money is what keeps Stoneville going? It's your faithfulness. But God can take $10 and multiply it. That ain't happening here. But I've seen it happen. People who are living off the power of their possessions as Herod was. And they don't want nobody to mess up the apple cart. And people get hurt by these kind of mentalities. And when they get hurt by these kind of mentalities, it makes those who are less fortunate feel like that they don't belong. Let me tell you something. I don't care how much money you have in the bank. You may have a penny or you may have $100,000. God is no respective person. He didn't send Jesus into the world for me to preach a prosperity gospel to, to make people think that if you're living right with God, you're going to have blessings and you're going to have money. Amen. I'm telling you, there were some folk that were living right before God that had nothing more than faith in him and an anointing. That's all they had. But they had it. And I'm telling you, If I had to choose betwixt all the world had to offer me and all that Christ had to offer me, I'd rather live in a tent in a pair of overalls and have Jesus and an anointing than I had in a three-piece suit and all the riches this world had to offer and trying to build a Herod kingdom for myself. When Jesus comes, you've got to be willing to give him the reign. In your life, many are not willing to do that today. They struggle because they think Christ is a threat to them. Good news today Herod couldn't stop him, and you can't. You'll live your whole life. Some of you may be pushing him away. Only to find out that you couldn't stop him from being God. Only to find out that all that you possessed was no match for his grace. Preacher, this is not a Christmas message. It is this morning. Listen. Herod tried to kill him. But he was not successful. The angel of the Lord came after the wise men had come come to Jesus and delivered their uh, gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They went away and Herod realized they didn't come back because they were warned by an angel of the Lord not to go back through and, 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 and go through Herod. But go a different way. Herod was upset. He never heard back from them. So he began to put together a plot and a plan to kill all the young children so that he would be able to destroy Christ. But God, somebody shout, but God. I want to give somebody some encouragement. I'm not through yet. I just feel like I need to say this. The enemy may do all he can to try to keep you from getting to Jesus. But God will not allow it. If you want to get to him, God will make a way. God's hand of protection, his hand of protection was on Christ. Herod wanted to kill him, but God said no. God sent Joseph and Mary and Jesus into the land of Egypt for a season. So as he was going through to destroy Christ, they never could find him. Why? Because God called an audible... You may think your children, your grandchildren, your aunts, your uncles, your husbands, your your wives can't be saved. I'm telling you, God will call an audible in their life. He shifted them to a place of protection where they dwelt until Herod died. Oh, but then they came as God spoke to them, said, I want you to go back into the land of Israel. They're making their journey back into Israel, and they realize that Herod's son was king, and and Joseph was a a little bit uh, uh, skittish about going there, so the Lord spoke to them again and caused them to turn into the land of Galilee where Christ would be raised as a carpenter's son uh, in one of the places that was most despised by the Jews uh, and by the Galileans of that country. They, they, They did not look good upon Nazareth. If they looked down upon Nazareth. Uh, Isaiah said that he was not going to come looking like a king uh, or looking like he had royalty, but he was going to be a uh, uh, one that was not comely to look upon, and you wouldn't be able to recognize him. And, and there he was uh, being raised in Nazareth, uh, which was uh, the dirt on the bottom of the shoe of those around him. Uh, here was the, the 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 great grace of God in one of the lowest places uh, being raised. Uh, Oh, come on, somebody. He didn't come to choose the castle. He didn't come to choose, hey, amen, the, the, the rich kingdom living. He came to save from the guttermost to the uppermost today. As he grew in Nazareth, stand with me if you will. He, oh, Please. As he grew in Nazareth, God was preparing him not only as a carpenter's son, but spiritually as the carpenter of the church that God was going to erect. Jesus began his ministry as he left Nazareth into Galilee and he was choosing those who would follow him as his disciples. And in John chapter 1, verse 46, Philip and Nathaniel are being called, and Philip has responded, and he goes to Nathaniel in chapter 1, verse 46, and he said, And Nathaniel said unto him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Can anything good come out of church? Can anything good come out of a broken home? Can anything good come out of my wrecked life? Can anything good come out of my situation or my circumstance? Can anything good come out of what we're going through? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nathaniel questioned God and his sovereignty, but in pureness of heart. He literally wondered, could anything good come out of Nazareth? Had there's ever been a place in your life where you wondered, could anything good come out of your situation? I don't know about you, but everybody's got a story to tell. You might not want to tell it. That's up to you. But from a manger to Egypt and to Nazareth, God kept his hand of provision on the sacrifice for all humanity because he knew that circumstances could present the hope of Christ. Christ. And conviction of heart would be the right place to receive this hope. Nathaniel said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Oh, Philip said, hey, why don't you come and see? I got news for some folk today. You may be wondering, well, you don't understand my life and where I've been. and I, uh, My life is so sinful. Nothing, God can't help me. You better believe if he can birth a virgin birth, amen, and produce his son through the Virgin Mary and protect him from Herod the king and bring him into Nazareth, into the lowest place where nobody would look for him and then raise him up, you better to believe, he'll walk right into your life and turn it upside down. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah That's what he came for. He came to walk into your circumstance. He came to walk into your brokenness. He don't care how much money you got. He just wants to know where you let him in and let him turn it around and let him change your heart and let him change your life and let him heal your body and let him fill you with the Holy Ghost and let him smile. I don't know about you, but I believe I could run 10 laps. How about anybody join me? I'm telling you, he came out of Nazareth. If you look, you'll understand that he has the power to not only come out of Nazareth but to reveal the glory of God and he can do it in your life, in your children's lives, in your grandchildren, mamas and daddies, aunts and uncles. Hey, somebody give him glory. I won't look back. I won't turn back. I'm not going to turn back. And I may find myself sometimes in some challenging places. But I'm not going to let Brett come out. I'm going to let the Lord come out. Can anything good come out of it? Come and see. Can anything good come, we talked about out of of your family's life. Let me say this real quick and I'm going to close. Can anything good come out of what's happened at Stoneville? Well, that's the elephant in the room. Everybody's worried it's going to be the same as it's always been. Can anything good come out of it? If you let Jesus have his way and get behind him and let him come out, oh hallelujah. Come and see. And we're not the same as we used to be. Come and see. Oh, I'm not that man I used to be. Come and see. I used to be a drug addict. Come and see. I used to be an alcoholic. Come and see. I used to be a sinner. Come and see. I used to be a rich man, and I'm still rich, but I found out my money. Hey, Amen, wasn't going to buy me all the hope I could ever imagine. I needed Jesus. Yeah, hey, come and see. I was on my way to hell. Amen. Hey, man, found myself in a hospital room room dying. Amen. Then I realized that there was a man that could step right on into my Nazareth and turn it around. I come to tell somebody today that Jesus, when he comes into it, he'll come out of it and bring you out. I was on my way to hell, lost and undone without God. But Jesus stepped in my lost condition, in my lowest state, from a high place and the superior court could not do anything but kick the can down the road, but I'm talking about a God who will walk down in the midst of the muddy mess and bring out those that are bound and set them free. He won't kick the can down the road. Hallelujah. Jesus came to set the captive free. Hola bashandai Jesus, what is the message we should draw from this today? God comes through the miraculous birth of his son, the death, burial, and resurrection of his son. Most of all in the first portion of his life has proven prophetically what God had the power to do even before the cross ever came. The cross was the ultimate. Before the cross ever came, we see God's will through all this. From the birth in Bethlehem to the flight to Egypt and from being raised in Nazareth, we see Christ coming out. I don't know about you, but sometimes we live in Nazareth in our minds. But God says, my son was raised there, and he came out of there. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Can anything good come out of your circumstance? Why? Yes, because of who he is because of who he is not because of who we are but because of who he is God's got his hand don't you think God God's got his hand on our nation he's got our hand on what's happening in our nation and like Solomon said there are those that seek the audience of a ruler that will bring favor to the people but man's justice comes from the Lord. Don't you look for your justice in the things of this world. You find your justice in God, in the Lord. Every head bowed, every eye closed for a moment, no one looking around. I want to ask you are you living in Nazareth in your spirit, and in your soul today? A place of lowliness, a place of disillusion, a place of discouragement, a place of lost condition, a place where you feel like there's no hope for you, I just want to remind you that Jesus lived in Nazareth, was raised in Nazareth, a carpenter's son, and Nathaniel declared a great truth that good can come when Jesus is on the scene of any place that will allow their heart of conviction to receive Him. Why is this important day? You know what? I love people. I got to say it this way. There are countless people that I preach to in my ministry and you'll testify to and you'll witness to and you'll you'll share the gospel with in your ministry it'll be like Herod they'll reject him till the day they die and that breaks my heart maybe they'll say well now's not the time if a thought comes across you that says now's not the time it's the perfect time because that ain't nothing but the enemy trying to get you to put it off until until you feel like it's time let me go ahead and tell you you don't know when to choose the right time only he does can anything good come out of my life? yes today if you're lost and undone without God Jesus is wanting to step into your life and cleanse you and save you and redeem you but you've got to be willing like the wise men To come and surrender, to go the distance, to leave that life behind, and say, "Lord, I'm making that journey today." To profess my faith in Christ, accept Him as Lord and Savior of my life. Maybe you're doing it right now. Feel the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're doing it right now where you're sitting. Maybe you're watching by social media. Maybe, maybe you need to kneel right there in your living room. Maybe you need to. Some of you, right now, you don't need to go back out of this building and go back to your life. You don't need to do it. It's a trick of the enemy. You don't need to do it. You're living in Nazareth, and God wants to show you great things can come from that place. The Redeemer was born in Bethlehem, protected in Egypt, and also in Galilee, in the city of Nazareth. And then the ministry broke forth. God will save you and He will set you free. Hear me what I'm saying. He will set you free. Preacher, that you you mean you mean I can't go back to that old lifestyle I used to. No, you gotta make a choice. That choice today is either I'm gonna accept Jesus and I'm gonna surrender. And I'm going to allow Him to come come into my life. I'm going to invite Him into my life. I'm going to accept what He did on the cross. I'm going to let Him cleanse me of my sin. I'm going to repent of my sin. I'm going to let Him bring me by His Spirit, birth me into the kingdom of God. I'm going to be His child. Or you're going to reject Him, listening to the enemy, thinking, I've got more time. Today's not today. Or maybe I I I don't want my friends or my family to see me go to the altar. Let me tell you right now, you'll think about that for eternity in hell if you don't ever take the opportunity to respond to God and you don't get to live to another opportunity. It don't matter who your family, friends, loved ones, husbands, wives, girlfriends, boyfriends, children, best friends. You better reach out to Jesus. Wise men traveled a long way to get to Him. They they recognized He was the prophetic that would come to pass honored him as as the the, the gift that he was the greatest gift you can have this Christmas is to become a child of God Father I ask you right now that you would touch the hearts of those that have needed to hear this message if there's anyone in this building today I pray that you would just let them respond right now if you're in this building you say I'm not leaving here and going back to that life I'm, I'm coming to Jesus now I'm going to step past what the enemy is trying to tell me now. I'm going to cross this hill and climb through this valley, and I'm coming. I'm coming to accept Christ. Will you move out of your seat right now? No one's looking around. Will you move out of your seat right now? Well, there's COVID. Well, there will all they'll be COVID for a while longer. But Jesus is here right now to save you. Will you do it? Will you take that step of faith? Will you come? If you're watching by social media, will you do it? Will you kneel where you're at? And repent of your sins and say, Lord, forgive me. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? You don't understand my home. Yes. You're right. I probably don't, but God does. He'll bring you right on out of your Nazareth. And he'll be glorified through you. Father, I have preached what you've given me. I will not apologize for it. I will not repent over it. But I ask you to be glorified through it. That Lord as we leave this place today that we have at least been shaken and awakened by the revelation of what's important in our life. And that's Christ and our relationship and our faith in Him. Father I ask you as we leave this place that you would move upon every sickness that we have prayed for you to, to bring healing to Sister Sarah Falk, Brother Mike Falk, we pray that you would touch them and Chris Hicks and Steve with so many, many others, Lord, that are going through their challenge. Father, they're in a, in a, a physical Nazareth right now. But God, I pray that you would go and you would bring healing and help to their lives. Those that are struggling with anxiety right now, will you just lift your hand right now? I feel the Holy Spirit. Let's do this in agreement together. There are those that are struggling with anxiety right now. I pray the Holy Ghost of God would, would just break that anxiety off their lives. And Lord, that you would reveal your grace to them and your comforts and peace in Jesus' name. Father, today I ask you that every hand that's joined with me as they've lifted their hands today, that God, that we lift up the name of Jesus and we stand in faith, believing that no matter where we're at because we know Christ all things work together for good to them that love Him. Let us go today with a declaration come and see the good that God has done in me. Father we love you today. I pray for an anointing upon this church like it's never known before pray for one upon every man, woman, boy, and girl, God, that you'll wake us up in the night, whatever you got to do to shift everything from our lives that gets in the way of what you want for us as individuals and as a people. Let us cry out to you, Lord. Father, here I am.